Happy Lord's Day, North Hills, and Merry Christmas. If you have a copy of God's Word this morning, we're going to be looking at John chapter 6. John chapter 6, looking at verses 22 to 59. 22 to 59. And if you do not have a copy uh, of God's Word, there should be a Bible uh, on the back of the pew in front of you. So before we read God's Word together, let's pray for our time. Lord, uh, we are thankful this morning uh, to be able to gather. Lord, may you, you bless our worship in song as you have, and Lord, may you bless our worship in the Word. Father, we want to see Jesus, to know Him, and we want to share the good news That He saves people from their sins. As countless people celebrated yesterday the birth of Jesus, we know that His birth led to the cross. And so, Father, continue to work in Your people that we cannot get over the Gospel. And we be just in awe of Christ this morning and in days to come. It's in His name we pray. Amen. So John chapter 6. John chapter 6, verses 22 to 59. On the next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there and that Jesus had not entered the boat with His disciples, but that His disciples had gone away alone. Other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that Jesus, Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum, seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him... God the Father has set His seal. Then they said to Him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered, Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you, may, that you believe in Him who He has sent. So they said to Him, Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus Then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you, that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. 
For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Verse uh, 41. So the Jews grumbled about him because he'd said, I'm the bread that came down from heaven. They said, it's not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know. How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who, is who, he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. As a living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Jesus said these things in the synagogue as he taught at Capernaum. This is the word of the Lord. So this is the, this is the last Sunday we will gather for 2021. And before us this morning is a large passage to dive into. And so I hope uh, it is going to be a beneficial endeavor for us. Um, and there, there are two things I hope for us as we walk through this text this morning. That we know Jesus, that we know Jesus, and that we know this passage just a little bit better. And we could spend weeks, months on this passage, mining it together. But for our short time today, I hope this is a, a beneficial uh, sermon to North Hills. And as we look at this passage, uh, there are going to be three points this morning. Three points. The Son is sufficient. The Son is sufficient. The Son satisfies. And the Son saves. So the Son is sufficient. The Son satisfies. And the Son saves. So for a quick, a quick overview of John chapter 6. Uh, there is a large use of repetition and, and metaphors in this passage. The crowd grumbles and then Jesus responds. He says, truly, truly, four times in this passage to provide emphasis. He mentions one being raised up on the last day four times. And as Jesus says, one will be raised on the last day if they believe in him. 
So the metaphors also of eating and drinking are repeated as well. This imagery uh, began with the feeding of the 5,000 in the, in the passage before, and then Jesus moves to the food of eternal life. Jesus identifies himself as the true bread or the true manna from heaven. Unlike the manna of the Old Testament, Jesus claims that he will again ascend to heaven in the future. And so his death on the cross provides true drink and true food that will never spoil. And he's coming again. And so if you eat and drink Jesus' flesh and blood, then you believe in him and you're trusting in his work. And by trusting in his work, one believes that he is the son of God and the savior of the world. So so to our first point this morning, the son is sufficient. The son is sufficient. And we'll look at verses 22 through 34. And so at the beginning of this passage, we see in verses 22 and 23 that there is a crowd. There's a crowd searching for Jesus. They are searching for Jesus so much that this crowd got in boats to try to find him. So what is, what is the makeup of this crowd? It's the crowd that remained uh, from Jesus feeding 5,000 uh, people with five loaves and two fish. So, so why are they searching then? Why are they searching? When they find Jesus in verse 25, they said, Rabbi, w- when did you come here? And Jesus answered them in verse 26, Truly, truly, you are seeking me, not because, uh, not because you are seeking me, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. And so the day previous, this crowd had their bellies full, so much so that this miracle had leftovers. And the disciples went around the crowd and gathered them up in John chapter 6, verse 12. And so John chapter 6 has similarities to Exodus chapter 16. The Lord provided manna from heaven, and He gave it to the people of Israel to eat. And He also required that no one would leave it out, uh, and and there would be uh, no leftovers until the morning. And they they were to be collected. And so in the beginning portion of John chapter 6, in which Jesus fed the 5,000 people, the disciples went, and then they collected the leftovers. And so for us, this is a a wonderful reminder that the the Lord provides for us, right? The Lord uh, provides uh, for our physical nourishment. But more importantly here, it serves as a rebuke to the people, to this massive crowd, as Jesus responds in verse 26 by saying, you ate your fill of loaves. They were, they were chasing the Lord to eat again, and then he calls them out on it. He reveals the desires of their heart. Their, their bellies may have been full from the day before, but they've missed it. They've missed him. And so Jesus responds in verse 27 uh, to say, do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life. This food that endures to eternal life is He. It is Himself. It is Jesus. He is sufficient for our souls. How many people say they are searching, that they're longing for something more in this life? One may think a new job may give them purpose. 
And we, as we see in this passage, uh, a full belly doesn't make one happy. And I know that's contrary to what we believe in the South, right? But, but a full belly is not going to make one happy. One may think more money or a, or a new relationship or more fame, whatever. You know, the, these things do not leave one happy and whole. So many people are, are passing by in this world thinking, oh man, let's just, let's just make it to 2022, right? But the problems that arose in 2020 and 2021 are still going to be there when the clock strikes midnight and the new year begins. Some are passing by this world just wanting to get their fill. Now, is this you? Are you like one in the crowd chasing Jesus because of what he can do for you, not because of who he is? Jesus mentions the food that perishes. He's using the symbolism here of the substances that we need. We need bread and water to live. If you go without bread and and water, you're going to die. And if you leave bread out too long, it gets moldy. And you don't want to eat that. But the the crowd in this passage is pursuing just the nutrients they need for the day and then the next day. But what Jesus brings is eternal life. Only He can bring sweet relief to the troubled soul. Only He is eternal. The true nourishment. And so the crowd missed what was right before them. Are you missing it? Are you missing it? Have you gone through life in such a casual manner, only looking for your fill? There is nothing in this world that is sufficient to bring relief to your soul. It's only Jesus. Similar to what Augustine said, your heart is going to be restless until it, it finds its rest in Him. So do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that the Son of Man, King Jesus, will give to you. Food that perishes leads to more burdens. Chasing the paycheck, chasing fame, chasing and chasing. But what the King brings is delight. We want to glorify Him and honor Him in everything we do. Give up, give up the endless chase and follow him. Verse 27 goes on to say that on Jesus, on him, God the Father has set his seal. Now this seal is viewed as authentication, identification. He is the real deal. And so in the ancient world, uh, there there were seals of the leaders of the day, approving of actions or having it on letters. And the, the, the importance of Jesus identifying here as uh, this, this seal, that he is the real deal. This seal is from the Father. And it shows that Jesus is not a phony, right? He is the Lord of all. And he's been sent by the Father, and he is the sufficient provision for the people of God. It is only in Him that we find refuge and peace. And it's only by Him that one is happy and whole. This does not mean that our lives are going to turn out to roses and lollipops. 
You're, you're going to go through hardships. You will suffer. But it's because of who He is. It's because of who Jesus is that it's sufficient for us. We want Him. We rest in Him. No one else can satisfy. Over the last year, church members have lost loved ones, battled sicknesses. We have new babies in our midst, new families. We've begun new partnerships while focusing on missions locally and globally. But it's not our work that is sufficient. In the midst of valleys and mountains of life, it is Jesus who is sufficient. It is Jesus who keeps us going. As long as the Christian has breath in their lungs on this side of heaven, we say Christ is sufficient. And when we, and when we part from this world, we will be resting in His sufficiency for all eternity. So good tasting bread, fame, politics, they will all come to ruin or spoil one day. The toys some of you kiddos received yesterday, may not, you may not be playing with them 10 years from now. Right? The things of this world have an end date. But for the Christian, faith in the Son never grows old. Jesus does not spoil. And one must believe in Him who He has sent, as verse 29 says. But the ideas of faith that our, our culture may bring about the ideas of faith not rooted in someone is antithetical to the gospel. If you ask someone what they believe and they respond, well, I just have faith. Faith in what? Faith is always resting and trusting. Some place their faith in the gods of this world, but the Christian, the Christian places their faith in Jesus, who is maker of heaven and earth. We are trusting in the person and work of Jesus Christ. And so when he says, believe in the one whom he has sent, we believe. There is no Christian that is not professing Jesus is Lord and Savior. Christians take Jesus at his word. And then in verse 31, where we are reminded again of this manna from heaven in the wilderness. Now this is a quotation from Psalm 72 or Psalm 78 uh, verse 24. Psalm 78 verse 24. And Jesus responds by saying, "It was not Moses who gave you bread from heaven, but my Father who gives you true bread from heaven." This bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Jesus is the giver of life. As the hymn uh, Harthy Herald Angel Sings says, Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace. Hail the Son of Righteousness. Light and life to all He brings. Risen with healing in His wings. Mild He lays His glories by. Born that man no more may die. Born to raise the sons of earth. Born to give us second birth so the father he has sent the son the son is giver of life and this true bread has come to seek and to save the lost 
John chapter 10, verse 11 says that Jesus is the good shepherd. He's the good shepherd that lays his life down for, his, for the sheep. Jesus does that. He redeems. And so for some, the only one who can satisfy their souls, Jesus is not enough. But for the Christian, Jesus is the satisfaction of our souls. He makes us happy and whole. And so our second point this morning, the Son satisfies. And we'll look at verses 35 through 40. The Son satisfies. In verse 35, Jesus says to the crowd, I am the bread of life. He is again reminding the crowd of who He is. And in this Gospel of John, this is the first of seven I am statements that Jesus makes. And so early readers would understand that Jesus is declaring himself and showing himself to be God. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, God says to Moses, I am who I am. And so in verse 35, Jesus is saying he is God. He is the true bread. He is responding to their desire to have this bread and and they are challenging him. And he responds, I am the bread of life. I am the one who has come down from heaven. I have come from the Father. So Jesus' response is a declaration of who who he is and a judgment upon the people who reject him. And as this crowd has challenged Jesus, he reminds them that they have said they want this bread. And they have seen him, and they do not believe in verse 36. And so Jesus continues to to rebuke the crowd up to verse 40. But he, he shows this crowd that all the Father gives will come to him. All the Father gives will come to him. And the one who comes to him, he will never cast away. If you do not have this highlighted, circled, starred, whatever you do in your Bibles, I would do that to verse 37. Christians hold fast because he holds us fast. The Lord never casts away his people. Those who have their eyes fixed on the sun will be rejected by the world. But they will not be cast away by the king. Why would we return to the scraps that the world offers when Jesus says he will never cast away those who come to him? When the king has shown himself, why would you go somewhere else? So for your jobs your relationships, your finances, your your families, whatever it may be as we are finishing 2021 that is keeping you up at night or overwhelming you? Are those things such a distraction that it's similar to chasing bread that perishes? Look to the bread of life. Look to Jesus. He brings relief to your soul and he is not going to cast away those who come to him. 
He's not going to lose anyone either. As it says in verse 39, He will not lose anyone. But those who have come to Him, they will be raised on the last day. So believe upon the Son, as this passage says. Believe upon the Son and you will be raised on the last day. This Jesus was over the first day as uh, Adam covered last week in John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word. So Jesus was over the first day. Jesus created the world. But this Jesus is over the last day as well. He will raise His people up. He is over the first and the last. But those who reject Jesus, they will not be satisfied. And they will be judged in their rejection. But it's only those who come to this bread of life that their souls will be satisfied. Believers in the Lord Jesus should be longing for the day in which we will be with Him. And what a glorious day that will be, right? Death for the Christian is not a loss, but a gain. So look upon the Son. Look to Him. The Son saves. The Son saves. And that's our last point this morning. The Son is sufficient. The Son satisfies. And the Son saves. We'll look at verse uh, 41 through 59. So, in verses 41 to 53, Jesus is challenged again. He's challenged again. This grumbling of this crowd is similar to that of Israel in the wilderness. If, if the Lord really loved us, He would, he would do signs and wonders. Do, do you see the irony of that of Israel and that of this crowd? The, the Lord split the sea and brought Israel from Egypt. Jesus Literally, in the, in the passage before, provided 5,000 people with a meal. So similarly to Israel of the wilderness challenging God, the crowd continued to challenge Jesus and make complaints. Who is this Jesus to think he has come from heaven? Is he not the son of Joseph? Do we not know his mother and father? Or looking back to verse 30, they question him, of what signs he will do and what signs he will perform. So this, this crowd has continued to question Jesus. But Jesus' word is true in John six thirty six. They have seen me, and yet they do not believe. So this time, though, Moses is not rebuking a grumbling crowd. It's the Lord of all. It's King Jesus. And he continues his rebuke in verse 44 by saying, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. It's the Father by the Spirit working on the hearts of men and women who are dead in their sins to bring to life in the Son. Those that are drawn are those that will come. And those that come, he will keep to the praise of his glorious grace. So it's not dependent upon your effort or your will or your work that saves, but on God who shows mercy through His Son. If anyone did not understand Jesus' teachings in verses 35 through 40, He picks them up again in verses 45 to 51. 
Jesus says, again, in, uh, he says in verse 47, whoever believes has eternal life. Whoever believes has eternal life. Again, there's uh, uh, quite a bit of repetition in this passage, but, but reflect upon these simple truths. We are, we are not made right with God by good works or by outweighing the good or bad in our lives. One is saved by faith or belief alone in Jesus. Your faith is either placed in Jesus or it's placed in yourself. And Christians place our faith in the work of Christ for salvation, knowing that we were rebels. We have sinned against the king of the cosmos and our rebellion deserves death. Yet God in his grace, he sent his son who was born of the Virgin Mary, lived a perfect, sinless life in our place, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. And he did not stay in the grave. He rose on the third and he ascended into heaven. And Jesus is coming back for his people. So whoever believes and comes to, comes to Jesus by faith alone has eternal life. Jesus has reconciled us to God, the righteous one suffering for the unrighteous. Our works, our works do not save us. It's only Jesus. Trust in Him. Place your faith in Him alone. In verses 48 to 50, Jesus again reminds us that he is the bread of life. So if you go elsewhere, you will keep searching and chasing. He's pointing this out by saying, your fathers ate manna from the wilderness and died. Jesus is our provision. If anyone eats of this bread that he offers, they will live forever. The manna in the wilderness is not life-giving. It could not lead to eternal life, but Jesus is the giver of life. The true bread has come. Those who taste will never hunger again. Look to Him and live. And then in verses 51 through 59, the emphasis is on following Jesus by faith. So in verse 51, Jesus describes himself as the living bread. And the bread I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. So the king of all creation took on flesh, dwelt among men, and he gave his body up. He gave his body up. In John chapter 10, verse 18, in speaking about his life, Jesus says, no one takes it from me. No one. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. And I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. So this living bread, this living bread gave up his body for the glory of God and for you and me. So that by his death, his sufficient atoning sacrifice, those who believe in him will live. There's continued repetition in 
Verses 54 and 55. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and they will be raised on the last day. And Jesus is using the metaphor here again of eating and drinking. He's using this language again because this is something we all share in. This is, this is commonality among all humans. We need food and drink, but He being the true food and true drink means that He is the sustenance that leads to eternal life. There is food and drink that will get your belly full, but it's the food that perishes. But He will give you life. Only the maker of all things is able to say this. He's the only one who can say what is true and what is good. And he says in verse 56 that whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. The word abide is used later in the Gospel of John in chapter 15 verse 4. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine neither can you unless you abide in me. So abide is a holding on to, a continual need. Believers should be holding on to, regularly dwelling, thinking upon the Lord Jesus. We don't put the Christian hat on just on Sunday. right? Following Jesus is who we are. We are abiding in Him. We need Him daily. Christians follow Jesus on the basis of their conviction, not because of convenience. Those who follow Jesus on the basis of convenience will stop when things get tough. But the Christian follows by conviction, knowing that there is no other place where we would go. Knowing that He is the Son of God and we must abide. We must eat and drink. As this passage closes in verse 57 and 58, the Father has sent the Son, and whoever eats, again, whoever eats, who comes to the Son, they will live. Eating on this bread, eating on this bread, one will live forever. But if you reject the true bread, you will perish. You you are rejecting the, the true sustenance that your soul needs. No one in the desert will reject water. Yet, if you reject Jesus, it's like saying in the desert, no, I don't want a water. I'm going to wait for a Dr. Pepper. If, if you reject Jesus, you are rejecting what you need. He is the one who saves. And He is the one who sustains. So where are you placing your faith? As we've looked in this passage, Jesus has come. He is taken on flesh and dwelt among us. And Jesus shows us two types of bread in John chapter 6. He, he feeds the 5,000 with the bread that perishes. But Jesus is the true bread of life that those who come in faith will live forever. This, this bread does not spoil. This bread does not spoil. And so Jesus is sufficient He satisfies and He saves. We only get one life and it will soon pass. Only what is done for Christ will last. Let's pray.
Father, may your people this morning, may your people hear your word. May we be continually reminded of who Jesus is and what he has done for his people. Father, may we abide. May we rest well in the sun. May we be reminded that a life lived to glorify ourselves is a life wasted. But a life lived to glorify our trying God is not. And so may we live in a manner that glorifies you. And may it be for our good. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.